Hello, my name is Rita Katoni and you're listening to Kitchen Radio. Today's show is the first for 2024 and it's also the first in a new food-based series called Hungry in the Huon Valley. I'm down here in Tassie at the moment. Actually, I had my birthday here and as a gift, someone bought me some local uh, crumpets and um, they're like the best I've ever eaten. When I went to restock my crumpets, I discovered that they were only available like on Thursdays and Saturdays and even then only in the afternoon. So I got curious and I started reading the story of the Hugh and Me crumpets. Born during the COVID pandemic, these crumpets were the brainchild of Cam and Ali Skeels. So today I'm visiting Cam and Ali and I've been given some detailed instructions on how to get to their property. And I've been told not to follow Google Maps. So I'm a little bit wary, but I'm very glad I'm in my trusty NT Hilux. I'm just travelling up to see Cam and Alley, and it's like in the middle of nowhere. I'm going through bushland, I'm going through rainforest, I'm going through turf road after turf road. I've been told just keep going when you think you're lost, you'll probably get there. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going. Thank you so much, Cam and Ali, for chatting with me today in this beautiful, lovely mountain hideaway just behind the village of Franklin. Now, just to begin with, can you tell me the story, the origin story of the Hugh and Me Crumpets? So, day one of our journey was about three weeks after we moved from New South Wales into our little 140-year-old cottage in Glen Hewan. We'd arrived a week before Christmas, We'd got through Christmas, we'd more or less unpacked the house. It was one of those days in Tassie that we're a bit famous for in summer where it was about 14 degrees and drizzly, a good January day, and we were both pretty tired. And uh, I can remember sitting at this table, flicking through Instagram, knowing that I wasn't doing anything outside, and Ali was reading a book in the armchair, and this article about someone making homemade crumpets or someone had put up a photo on Instagram of homemade crumpets. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, I've got the afternoon of not much. I've got flour, I've got milk, I've got yeast, I've got a semblance of I had egg rings, not crumpet rings at that point. We had a flat plate. Yeah, even the house that we'd bought, the stove came with a a griddle plate that went on the gas burner and I thought right what am I doing this afternoon if I'm not doing that let's make some and I've never had a home I've never had anything other than your supermarket stock standard brand that we all know that's the only crumpets I've ever eaten in my life and so I made these things and I've still on my on my personal Instagram account I've got the photo of the first crumpet that I ever made and I've put the caption of why has no one ever told me that crumpets can taste this good? And oh, so that's where we started. Yeah. And we made absolute on. pigs of ourselves yeah. on those crumpets. <laughs> any, special, <laughs> any special flour you used for no, the first No, one? it's what we had in the cupboard, which was probably technically quite stale plain flour yep. that we'd bought from New South Wales and just straight off the supermarket shelf. Nothing, nothing fancy. Um, it was just the fact that they were super fresh and, you know, and beginner's luck too, like you really oh, yeah. nailed the first ones, you know. Yeah. And you yeah. were using commercial yeast or supermarket yeah, yeast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a packet of packet of baker's yeast, you know, the little seven gram packs. Um, and I think I made like 
eight crumpets yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Eight or maybe ten crumpets. And then I made them a few times just for fun. Some of the kids came to visit, so we'd make a little batch of crumpets for afternoon tea or something like that. And then COVID came. And as everyone was doing, Ali started a sourdough starter because it seemed to be the thing to do. Otherwise you weren't allowed out of lockdown, I don't think. You had to show your sourdough starter before you were allowed out. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like that. And I honestly had no aspirations for my sourdough starter. I was just doing it as a scientific experiment. I just wanted to see if I could start one. Had you had you done sourdough baking before? Nope. No. And, and so neither of you did nope. either of you have a background in baking? Nope. 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 No. No. My entire experience of, of the baking industry was either A as a consumer, an enthusiastic consumer, and, and Ali was the same there. And then about thirty years ago, I'd worked for a fortnight covering someone who was off for school holidays in a bakery in on Magnetic Island. And that was as a just lumping 25 kilo, probably 50 kilo bags of flour in those days from the store shed out the back to the front and putting them in the machine and mixing. And that was my entire experience of being a baker. Yeah, and I worked in a bakery, like first job out of school, just worked in a bakery, just just selling. Selling finger buns. Mm, Selling finger buns (laughs) and pies, yep. So no, no background at all. Nope. And how did that first sourdough go? Yeah, the first batch of sourdough went actually remarkably well. It was sort of the second, third, fourth and fifth batch that weren't so great. That was great. They were a bit hockey puckish. As you went along and used them and fed them. So you were having some hit. Yes. Yeah, we have, and some of them were good, some of them weren't, and and still at that point, I mean, at that point, we were starting to wonder because we're getting into COVID by by now, you know, um, our our options for work that we had moving down. Ali had moved down with with a job that she could do remotely. She didn't particularly want to do it much longer, but she could. If I had to, yeah. I was finalising the sale of the business I'd had in New South Wales. So I had a little bit of income from that, but that was going to come to an end because that, that sale was going to finalise. And my ideal of, I thought I'd come to Tassie and semi-retire and I'd get sort of three days a week on a cellar door yeah. selling whiskey to tourists. And I thought, or yeah. cheese or yeah. wine, beer, I didn't care. And I thought I'd, you know, Three days a week selling something delicious to happy tourists, great, sounds good. Because I'd had 15 years working for myself and the idea of just working for somebody else for a little while and having plenty of time off was pretty attractive. And of course, the moment COVID came, that just evaporated. It just, it just, there just wasn't. Yeah, it's true mm. here. I mean, I saw from summer to summer just how it just stopped that mm. whole industry mm. here of it was just literally I, I see it as it was going up like this yeah, yeah it was like soaring and yeah. suddenly and I don't think it's recovered no oh uh, it, it has it hasn't got we're not back to no, where, it I mean, yeah. like where it was yeah certainly this year's better than last year yeah yeah mm. yeah there's more people about yeah, so you're, you're in COVID. Yeah, wondering what we're going to do with the rest of... How are we going to make money? How, how are we going to live? Even though life was relatively cheap for us, but 
we still needed some income and then we were making these crumpets and I, look, we both sort of half-jokingly claimed that we both missed the meeting where we decided to see if we could make a business out of it because neither of us has really got a great recollection of that no. conversation. <laughs> I can remember flicking through Instagram seeing if anybody else was making yep. sort of artisanal crumpets. Mm -hmm. There had been a guy in Hobart a couple of years previously that had been around for a few years, but it looked like he'd stopped. And it turns out that he had. He'd actually left Hobart by that point. Um, there was a smattering of people on the mainland. There was a couple of people in Melbourne, a couple, one larger one in Sydney that was doing sort of artisanal crumpets and then a, one guy in northern New South Wales. Um, and that was about it. He was the only other, other one doing sourdough crumpets. Yeah, like, yeah. So. yeah. yeah. That, that is, is, is that your point of difference? Yeah. Yeah, that they're proper sourdough. Um, we don't use any baker's yeast. We use bicarb because that's what makes them a crumpet, really. Yep. Um, but, yeah, everyone else was using yeasted or, yeah, or a combination of... But we're definitely the only ones, us and, and these guys in northern New South Wales. So yeah. how did you go then from... So at some point you've decided we're going to go to the next next base of, of a business here. What, what did that involve? Well, we just sort of went one step at a time. Like Yeah, we did it gently, gently, didn't we? Mm. Well, we had, we had time. Yeah. Because we had nothing but time. <laughs> you know, we were... We were at, this was... We're talking... March, April, May of 2020, where there was not a lot, you know, we were, the mainland was in various lockdowns. We were cut off from the mainland completely. We couldn't, you know, state parks were closed, yeah. national parks were closed. And we just, we, we, we didn't even really write down a business plan or anything. We had conversations. We kind of had a new, we, we had an idea of where, a rough idea of, what would be the go like we we decided very early on that we wanted to be able to go to Farmgate market we said if we're going to do this we've got to we've got to do it as if we're going to go to Farmgate and then going to go and do get into some of the gourmet retailers like we wanted to be in Hill Street we wanted to be in Salamanca Fresh the goal was we thought we develop it enough that we can go to Farmgate Market and then people will notice us and we'll be able to go to Hill Street. And it actually happened a whole lot quicker. Once we started selling them, it happened a whole lot quicker than we ever imagined. But we just went through step by step. So we, we started to work up recipes. Ali was still working for her event management company and I went to the kitchen in our little tiny cottage kitchen every day and made batch after batch after yeah, batch. Yeah, I remember having wrote, that discussion with her saying, well, if we're yeah. going to do this, this needs to be replicable. Yeah. We can't be hit and miss. So you've yeah. got your quality control there. Yeah. You're paying money because there is a big exactly. step, isn't there? Mm. The moment big you, difference. people start paying money, they've got mm. expectations. Yeah, That's it's, exactly it's, right. It's well and good to make a batch of, you know, a dozen crumpets for home, for the friends for afternoon tea, and if they don't work well, you know. Oh, no, it's a bit embarrassing, but yeah. still. Yeah, that's right. That's, so yeah. I've got, still in here, I've got notebooks. And, and I, had, I had no background. So I was watching YouTube videos, reading blogs, 
and just experimenting and changing temperatures and changing times and, and taking notes all the time. Note, note oh, after oh. note after note. Yeah, um, and we we brainstorm together. Okay, yeah. so how do we get how do we get the the biggest thing was how to get the sourdough to work for us mm. rather than the other way around. You because know. you've also got a much colder climate here, say, than in Sydney or yep. elsewhere. Yep. Is that, is, did that make it harder with the sourdough? Probably makes it, it makes easier, it, if anything. Yeah, yeah it probably easier makes it easier. Control, you have to control it's, the whole yeah. space. It's easier, it's easier to lift a temperature than it is to lower a temperature. But, of course, all the blogs that we were seeing and all the YouTube videos that we were seeing is for people who were making bread. A, they were making bread and they were doing it for home enthusiasts. And, and some of them take their home enthusiast bits very seriously where you know they will literally get out of bed at two o'clock in the morning because that's when the sourdough is ready and that's what we were seeing these people who were absolutely working for their sourdough probably producing fantastic products but of course it's not you can't apply that to anything, any sort of life. There was no, I had no intention of getting out of bed at two o'clock in the morning and starting to cook crumpets because that's when they were going to be ready. It's like, no, 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 we, we go to work at a certain time in mm -hmm. the morning. We have to do whatever we, so we had to learn all that. Yeah, we had to learn to manipulate the sourdough. We've got to be yeah. able to work a regular working life around it. And we've got it down pat now, but it took a long time to find that. But we just, we just sort of went step by step and we were not really spending any money. I mean, we were buying a bit of flour and we were buying a bit of milk and using yeah. a bit of gas. And honestly, it was nothing. And then we, you know, pennies. I thought we might register a business name. So, yeah, we did those yeah, little, we did steps. Those we, little steps. You know. We got an ABN, we did business name, and then we've got a friend in Wollongong who is a graphic designer who still does our graphic design and we talked to him about some ideas of some logos. We sent him off a bit of a a bit of a brief of what we thought it might look like. And we, we talked about that whole, it's a little bit to start how you intend to continue. We sort of figured that if we're going to have, if we're going to build a business that's going to eventually one day be profitable and, and earn us some money and then years and years down the track be a saleable proposition to make it interesting for someone to purchase a, as a build your brand to the point where you've got an exit strategy we didn't want to start like we were doing cake stand at the local hall yeah. we that, wanted to come in professional yeah we wanted did you have a caravan no no, no we it, didn't but we, we did get a, a marquee we bought a marquee like a early. branded marquee quite early because I'd been working in the event industry I had good contacts for things like that so um, we got a really good branded mm -hmm. marquee that was sort of one of our big layouts wasn't it yeah it was yeah. yeah and labels yeah we got our labels designed and each one of these things we just sort of worked on step by step and we and we we gave ourselves an out every time that if if it if it will do this and if that doesn't work, well, we're only... So, so you're not investing too much. So you're investing yeah. a small yes. amount and yeah. then testing it yes. before yeah. you go to the next step. Yeah. So you're mm. not doing yeah. this big outlay which then commits you to yeah. only one pathway. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And, and part of that planning was we thought we might build a kitchen at our own home. Um, and so we had some plans drawn 
And we knew that that was going to be at least six months, if not 12 months away. And we were starting to get to the point, well, these things are ready to test the market with. We're now confident that we've, we've, got everywhere, we've got everything lined up except somewhere to cook and sell them. I know that kind of sounds like they're two key things. But we had the business name sorted. We had our insurance. We had our, we had our recipe, which was the really important thing. We had our, our initial graphic designs done. We were ready to print labels. We still didn't know whether or not we could scale them up. We'd never cooked more. I think the biggest batch I'd cooked was 18 crumpets, oh, oh. which is three oh. packets. We're now doing 750 packets a week. And my, before, before we started, yeah, the biggest batch I'd ever done was three packets equivalent of three packets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're up to 96,000 packets. Yeah. Yeah, hang on. Because we get our cello bags in boxes of a thousand, so we've labelled them from day one, and yeah, and we're at ninety-six thousand. Yeah. So tell me the first market that you went to. Oh, that was. Well, the first day, the first batch that we ever sold, we found a share kitchen in Geeston. Oh. I put a thing on the local community Facebook group. Has anyone got an empty commercial kitchen? Because we knew our commercial kitchen at home was going to be ages away, and. I spoke to a couple of people. There was a couple of things that floated around. They, they weren't really going to work. And then a lady from Geeston got in touch and she said, well, I've got a kitchen. It's not completely spare, but I'm only using it a day, day and a half a week. I'm more than happy. Let's have a chat about sharing it. So we went down, had a chat. And it turned out she also had a little pop-up shop. So she was a pastry chef. She had taken over this old restaurant it was actually Masaki's yeah, old restaurant. Yeah, I whether it was... So Masaki had moved out and gone across the road into his new place and Becky had taken on his old premises and she was doing wholesale cakes and cookies and things out of there. But, of course, all the cafes were shut. So she wasn't doing much. She, and she opened the old restaurant part as a, as a little pop-up shop on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so we moved in there and we started cooking and not only did we have somewhere that we could cook and that was approved for us to cook there we also had somewhere to sell and so our first week we made the enormous number of crumpets of 48 packets of crumpets that you were selling at Jeeveston a week yeah we made we made 48 (laughs) packets packets when you consider that previously we'd only ever made three packets in the biggest batch we're exhausted so we made 48 packets and we were shattered we put them up on the stands and we opened the doors to the shop and they were all gone in two hours people came from Hobart that first day, had you advertised it? Were you? We'd been well, running a yeah, we'd been running a little Instagram, bit of Instagram feed, yeah. and yeah, we'd sort of semi-documented our our journey of getting ready to sell, and people had lots of time. People were were on Instagram a lot, and apparently a lot more people than we thought had found our page. So people came, we sold them all within two hours. We're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It just happened. <laughs> 48 packets, so they're about, like, about $10 each. Yep, yep. $180. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. And, and at that point, I think we'd probably laid out all our, we'd gone into our pockets. We'd bought two little cooktops yep. from eBay. Yep. We'd got a 
batch of um, a Lots batch of things. labels made. We bought some crumpet. Oh, we also found <laughs> that the the only guy in Australia who does handmade crumpet handmade crumpet rings is in Signet. Well, they're ours are ninety about ninety two, ninety three mil across. Just a, yeah, overgrown egg ring. Yeah, an overgrown egg ring, yeah. Well, yeah, the, these tin. ones have yeah. because they're made from tin plates. So yeah. he rolls the top and, and the bottom, just folds it over so you don't have a sharp edge. Yeah. There's some quite battered ones. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> these are different to the ones I've got. These are so right. beautiful. So they're, yeah. uh, I like the fact that they've, they really are hand, they are yeah, handmade. They are handmade, yeah. They've got these sort of little rivets. Yeah. There as well. Yep. Yeah. So how many of these crumpet rings do you have? Uh, what have we got? Well, we well, can cook. Yeah, at the moment, we can cook ninety-six crumpets at once. Okay. So, so you just we, have ninety-six. And, well, and we've a few got spares. about. We've probably got about fifty spare. At the and moment. actually, I've got some over it. Yes, we need to go and pick up, up some more because they're starting to die at the um, yeah. at the joints. Yeah. So I mean, no. I have had a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've had a lot of work. Then we tried. So I googled. I googled crumpet ring manufacturer because I didn't know where to get crumpet rings from. And I didn't want to get Teflon ones because Teflon doesn't last and, you know, all of the things with Teflon. And um, it turned out that, yeah, Paul over at Signet, 20 minutes drive away, was the only manufacturer in Australia who makes handmade crumpet rings. So I said, well, if this is kind of meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> So our, our totally, our, oh, we bought the marquee by that stage. Yes, that was the single most expensive thing. So at this mm. point, I think we probably laid out about three and a half grand. Mm. And that was it, which was fine for us where we were. We had that money. We sold a house in New South Wales, bought one down here. There was a bit of money left over. So that's what we used to get us off the ground. Um, and then we did a couple of smaller markets. And then we, we always targeted the idea, always had the idea that we wanted to go to farm gate market. We thought that was, we did a couple of smaller ones. They're okay, bit of a shakedown thing, get your routine, get your setup working, but there wasn't, we didn't do the volume that we wanted to do at these smaller village markets. And so we, that really confirmed the idea that we should go to farm gate. Yeah, that's the farmer's market in Hobart that's been going now for 14 years. Mm. Um, been recognised as the best farmers market in Australia and one of the best in the world. They're they're quite strict and for good reason and it, and it maintains a great product. The fresh produce is obviously got to be grown in Tasmania and it's got to be sold by the people that grew it. And they they're really strict on the fact that they don't want professional salespeople working at the market. So you have to be involved in the production to even be allowed to work behind a stall so the ideally they want the business owner who's also the guy or the woman who digs the carrots or bakes the bread or makes the cheese also uh environmentally friendly packaging yeah. too so we also designed our packaging around that as well so because our the, the silo bags that we use and the unbleached paper wrap, you know, you can whack that in your worm farm. It's just one little bit of sticky tape on the top that we haven't been able to manage to get. But besides that, it'll all go. So mm -hmm. that was another thing that we did. Yeah. Well, we, we aimed our business very much at Farmgate. So when we were developing the product, we'd already gotten the guidelines of what we needed to do to go to Farmgate, didn't we? Yeah. 
Yeah. We didn't expect it to um, happen as quickly no. as we did. Oh, and before that, we were, you know, we always thought, oh, maybe one day we can get into a Bruni Island cheese hamper. You know, that'd be really good. Imagine that, that'd be really good. Anyway, we sold our first packet. Ten days later, they rang us and wanted us in the hamper. They wanted 150 packs. Yeah. <laughs> and we hadn't made 150 packs. It was more than we'd ever... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to go... Just <laughs> so how did you then scale up from like like 48 packets to like where you are today, which is what, four years later? Yeah, Except well, packets. again, again, that goes back to this... this the community down here and just being in the right place at the right time and asking the right question of the right person. We had at that point, because um, we started beginning of August, we went to Farmgate the first time in the middle of October. So it was only seven weeks from the day we sold our very first packet to the day we first went to Farmgate, which we didn't kind of realise. When you're in the thick of it, you don't realise how quick it is. Yeah, looking, looking back, back now, you go, wow. <laughs> okay, that was brave. Also, yeah. incrementally, we had bought more of these little cooktops. Yeah. So, yeah, we'd had two, and then we upgraded to three, which we had to, to do the Bruni Island order. So you're, you're cooking at this kitchen yep. in Jeepston, yep. but... But because it's because crumpets get made on a griddle, you can't use the no. ovens, etc. So you're still having to supply all of yeah. your cooktops. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. the problem was, of course, because you've got a bench top, and then it sits on top of the bench top, so it's yeah. not at a great level for you to cook. You know. So. so and how many crumpets can you cook at once? Well, at that well, point, on those points, at that point, we could do. Um, 14 four, on a yeah, cooktop. And so we had three cooktops. Yeah. So whatever that is, thirty-eight yeah. or whatever, I don't know, massive. No, that's yeah, no. 42. 42. 42. Yeah, it's still a lot yeah. of work. We could do forty-two at a time. Yeah, which isn't a lot. And we had one retailer at that point, which was a, a little um, vegan grocer that's no longer there. And at uh, now in Hewenville. And I took a delivery in to them and I mentioned to her just in passing that we were going to have to find our own space because we were we were getting, we were outgrowing Jason really quickly. Becky, whose kitchen it was, business was picking up. She was starting to get busier. Her wholesale orders were starting to come back. We were getting busier. There was going to be a, a clash, you know, and obviously, well, not a clash. There was, it was her space. And if she needed more time, she was really good to us. And, and gave us access and, and gave us some advice. And she's an experienced pastry chef, although she's not a baker, but we, we had conversations about how do we make these things better and fixing problems. And that was all very good. It was great. Bouncing someone to bounce ideas around with a bit of experience. But there, there was going to be a point where she needed more time and so did we, and it just doesn't, it wasn't going to work. And so I mentioned to this one customer we're going to have to start looking for our own space. And the very next day, her landlord walked in and said, oh, the guys at the other end of the building have just given two weeks notice. You don't happen to know anyone that's looking for a kitchen. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Serendipity. <laughs> and so she rang straight away. Are you, are you serious? Do you really want a kitchen? Oh, yeah, we're going to have to start. Right, you better ring this guy. 
Which is also about community, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about like community. Yeah. It's all about community. And that's how we found Geeston, because it was a community Facebook page. That's how we found where we are now. Um, and we're, any, any growth that we go from here, again, that's how it will come. Because... Kitchen space in the Human Valley is really, really rare. So this is the same kitchen you're in now. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, have you reached like capacity there? Yeah. 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 Yes, we have. Yeah. 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 It, it comes down to mathematics. We've now got these two great big cooktops. We upscale. You know, we moved in there with our existing little tiny eBay cooktops. We added another one, so we had four, um, and it was just the two of us, and. They were okay, but they weren't great, and we were really pushing them sort of beyond what they were designed to do. And they were $230 each, you know, from literally from eBay. Just the range of, you know, your thermostat just, it would get so much, so hot, and then it'd go quite cold, and then quite hot, and you know. And that's the thing about commercial, you know, kitchen equipment, yeah. it can handle the volumes, yeah. and you can give you consistency, yeah. I imagine. And so Absolutely. We, we took the plunge on these great big... Um, one at a time. Yeah, on these, these great big cooktops, these griddle, we started with one, and you know, instead of, instead of 250 Forty dollars for the original ones. These things were twelve and a half grand, and need three phase power and twelve grand. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's They're chrome, chrome <laughs> plated. Yeah. And how many could they could you cook on that? We can. We could cook ninety six on one of those. On two. Oh, two was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. two. Sorry. Wow. So we replaced yeah. our four small cooktops with one yeah. of these, and then we we had that for a few months. And then we sort of nutted it out and went, right, we, we've got this opportunity to lift our production. We need to bring another cooktop in. We can then double our production. But that means we need to bring a staff member on. So that's what we did. And there was no point getting one without the other. So we basically the same week that the second cooktop arrived, uh, we started our first employee. And once again, just asking around the community. Mm. Does anybody know anyone? The friend of a friend. <laughs> yeah. Did they have baking experience? Yeah, yeah home baking experience. Yeah. Keen home baker. So, so keen to the fact that a couple of months ago she started her own business and went out on her own. So we've now got somebody else. Not, who, not making crumpets? No, no not, doing, not doing crumpets. She's doing cookies. Cookies at the market. And now yeah. I've got another person I do cold water swimming and I was just down at cold water swimming and I said, anybody, how are anybody looking for, you know, three days a week work on me? I said, oh, I thought you were a nurse. She goes, oh, no, moved on. So now we've got our new employee and she's great. So... And so how many days a week do you both work? We cook three and a half days a week. And so that's uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and kind of half day Saturday. Then we've got the market on Sundays. We try and have Monday and Tuesday off, although Tuesday is the, there's anyone that knows anything about sourdough. If you want to start cooking on Wednesday, you've got to start building your sourdough. Feeding the, the beast. Yes. You've got to feed the beast. Yeah. So it, 
it's done this so, morning. So, yeah, so that was the, the first feeding was this morning and then this afternoon we will do the second feeding and, and send the mix second. Mix up our batches. Yeah, mix up our batches for tomorrow. For tomorrow. Yep. And then we roll from there for the rest of the week. Mm. Um, and how did you come up with the variations? Because that's one thing that make the, makes, apart from the fact that they're sourdough, you've got these, at the moment, two variations. Oh, no, no. we've got uh, five. Four, five. Oh, really? Five, yeah. yeah. So, so we've got the original, and then we have the coconut, which is the same as the original, except we replaced cow's milk for coconut milk. So it was a vegan option for people. But in its own right, it was a, it's a very nice crumpet. It's a very fluffy... Oh, so it doesn't have coconut through it? No. no. Oh, it's I'm going to buy milk. one now. I didn't yeah. realise that. No, yeah. just coconut milk. And then we have the chocolate, of course, which is, you know, a dark chocolate. We don't sort of make it too sweet. People can dial up the level of sweetness that they want. It's just a good chocolatey base. And then we've got the saffron ones, which we use. Um, they, they're only available at the markets. Um, we use some Derwent Valley saffron that we uh, sort of steep for about 24 hours and then we fold it through just before we cook so you get that beautiful aroma and flavour and... You know, it's such yeah. a, and a pretty looking crumpet as yeah. well. And then we've got our seasonal, oh, and we've also got the new multigrain one. So that's also another um, uh, plant-based one. We do that on the oat milk rather than the cow's milk. And we use local grains from Deloraine, um, mostly from Deloraine, yeah. 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 So, uh, and it has some beautiful grains in it that we soak. And then we put them in there and then we cook with some rye flour as well as the whole stone ground whole meal. And then on the top, just as we're cooking it, we sprinkle some uh, toasted buckwheat on the top. Uh, they're great. So yummy. And then we also have a uh, seasonal one, which is a spiced crumpet. So if you think of a hot cross bun and a crumpet had a yummy baby, that's what it'll be. It's just got those amazing... Pudding spices, so cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, clove and ginger. And then we soak some Huon Valley apple, dried apple, which was really hard to source. But anyway, <laughs> we live in the Huon. It was really hard to get Huon Everyone Valley apple. Everyone wanted to sell us Chinese dried apple. Yeah. And then, ra like, um, not raisins, currants. I know. Oh, no. oh, look, it's even worse. When we, were, when we were at our old house, literally at the end of the road, is this enormous old shed that had once upon a time been an apple dehydrating factory. <laughs> so <laughs> long closed, yeah. long closed, but apparently all the equipment's still in there. Yeah. And yeah, we, we at that point, we, we hunted and hunted and hunted and we found um, the only people in Tassie who were doing dried apple at that point. So we, we got some from them and we've since found one at um, Sturgis Bay as well. So we, we got to know them through Farmgate Market and they wanted to start off doing dried apple and we said, right, we'll get and them They do a you. lovely dried apple, yeah. really nice. And so we have dried apple and we have currants and we uh, soak them in a bit of uh, Tasmanian whiskey. So we use Taylor and Smith whiskey, who are near us in the markets. And we also use some Huon Valley apple juice to soak them in as well. So we soak them at least 24 hours, don't we? Oh, yeah. And yeah. then we fold them through just like with each batch. Like each time we pour, we fold them through because otherwise they sink to the bottom. And, and they're sensational. And they won the Breads and Rolls section this year, last year in the Fine Food Awards, Tasmanian Fine Food Awards. Congratulations. So, yeah. So we, we put the products in thinking, oh, well, see how we go. You know. And we 
took out the whole thing with those crumpets. So, yeah. And all our crumpets got a gold medal, so that was quite good. Yeah, we're pretty chuffed. Yeah. So that's where we're at the moment with the with the flavours. We're always thinking of other flavours, aren't we? We've got a few sketched up on the whiteboard at work. Yep, yep. And, um, and the other big thing that we'll be going into is muffins, uh, English muffins. Been perfecting them for quite some time. And, you know, for quite a while we make them and go, oh, yeah, they're all right. But no, eventually one day I just happened upon, you know, the right procedures and recipe and... And now they're like, oh my goodness, they're amazing. So they're ready. They're I've just... never tasted a good muffin in my life, oh. I can tell you. I mean, well, <laughs> I was never a big fan. Yeah. But now I'm a massive fan. These things are beautiful. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that'll be the next big thing. So it sounds like you've got designs on getting bigger. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we nearly... We nearly took the opportunity to have another space about 12 months ago. And we just did what I think a lot of businesses are doing at the moment. We just held off. We, were, we just looked at interest rates, just kept going up. Um, we were worried what people's disposable income, you know, this burden on people's disposable income was going to mean to to us because you know, we are priced at the luxury end of the market when we're not a $2.50 packet of supermarket crumpets. We're, we're very different to that. Is it $12? Yeah, depending 11, on... $11. Yeah, depending on, yeah. So 11 12 depending on the retailer. And, and, and the variety, some, because yeah, some are more yeah. expensive than others. Like um, the uh, saffron, for example. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's... Yeah, that'd be that's cheaper stuff. for us. I was going to say, when you said the saffron yeah. one, I've seen the price of Australian oh, saffron. Yeah. It's crazy. It'd be, I wouldn't. Yeah, yes. it'd be cheaper for us to put illicit... Drugs, drugs in, in, in those, <laughs> it would be to put saffron in, but yeah. and so we just we just held off. We just think, look, we we're we're fine. We're not taking any risks. We may be walking past an opportunity at the moment, but so we just were a little bit cautious. When and we're now we're now just sort of again sort of waiting for the opportunity. Of a, of a space that we don't have to invest too much money into. Because See, because we're finally going to have to borrow some money for the first time, you know, mm. for the business, which is crazy. We've gotten this far without it, just incrementally buying new things and the business has paid for that. But know? the next step yeah. would, would, gonna, be a, yeah. would be a big one. And mm. so you... As each step gets bigger, you've got to put more thought into it and you've got to be... And you can never, ever be 100% certain that you're doing the right thing, of course. There's always a punt. But you want to, you want to make sure that the odds are in your favour, at the very least. So we shall, we shall see what this year brings. And when did you get into grocery shops like Salamanca Fresh and Hill Street Grocer? Um, well, we were in Yamara first of all. Yeah. She's a great health food shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and we just stepped it up slowly, slowly. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, Hill Street was ringing. You know, I think Hill Street and Salamanca Fresh kept on ringing us. Where it's never been about finding customers; it's about the supply. 
Mm. Yeah, well, actually, you go into Southern Make It Fresh and they're like, well, no, no, there's not going to be any crumpets till Thursday. Mm. Mm. You know, that's right. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's really interesting. It's not mm. like at the moment you, you're actually producing what you can as opposed to mm. what the market yeah. is. Yeah, and we're, yeah. Not, and we're not cooking seven days a week and, we, you know, and, and all of those things. Yeah, they get um, two drops at the... And that Salamanca Fresh, yeah. they get a Thursday and a Saturday. So, yeah, and people are used to that now. They, they know what day crumpet day is and they come in and, you know, if you're late for some reason, then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite good. We've got a nice little following in that yeah. respect. But, yeah, in the end we did, yeah, finally bite the bullet and go in with some of the hill streets. When we eventually do expand, we'll go into all of the hill streets and into all of the sal freshes as well. Mm. Would you consider exporting to the mainland? We get asked all the time. All the time. We get so many people that buy them down here and then go home and then send us an email or a text message. Going, Where can we get them in Melbourne slash Sydney slash Brisbane? Or we've got little providors that yeah. we get some. And I mean, Bass Strait is the most expensive waterway in the world to get freight across. It literally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. I think unless we're doing it in large volumes, we'd have to send them frozen and send like a pallet, I think. You know, don't know. Wow, and it's amazing. a long way down the track. Yeah. 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 It's a long way down mm. the track. So what would you say to someone who's come to Tassie's eaten crumpet loves them? And the most thing you can say to them, well, you're just going to have to learn to make your own crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> what, what advice would you give to the home crumpet maker to make wanting to make their own sourdough well, crumpets? Well, I mean, it goes back to your, it goes back to your sourdough. And the thing that we do say to people a lot is your sourdough starter is a lot more robust than people would have you believe. People think that if they don't mollycoddle their sourdough starter and feed it every 12 eggs, it's not a four-week-old baby. It doesn't need two-hour feeds. We have have various backup starters that we have our one, we have our main one that just rolls over, rolling. I don't even know how many generations old it is now. We've got a little bit in the fridge here. We've got some in the freezer at work, just as a as an emergency in case we have a disaster that we don't have to start from scratch. Oh. But your starter in your fridge at home is a lot more robust than you think it is. Absolutely. You can let it go black and you can bring it back from... Yeah. People think they've killed their starter and it's incredibly difficult to kill a starter. I've even heard that you can you can reconstitute your starter from a scrapings from the edge of a bowl. Yeah, I would believe that. I've, I've, I've done that. I've reconstituted some yep. pretty sad looking starters. Yep. It yeah. just takes, that's where you need a little bit of love and yeah. effort oh, yeah, to actually course. keep yeah. feeding them over it. You know, sometimes that's it right. can take yeah. over a week to get that starter oh, yeah. back and, yeah. and alive again. But yeah. 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 Well, we hear, we hear people at the market, they stop and want to have a chat about sourdough, which is great. We love it. And, oh, I've, I've, I've killed three starters. No, you haven't. You think you have, but you haven't. You re- you are not a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've just you've been reading the wrong you've been reading the wrong articles. Mm. Um, so that would be my number one thing. When you're making crumpets, you want a really active starter. 
active. Yes. It's a really active You need garden. it to be really active. It's not like some of those discard things where it can be flat. It mm. needs mm. to be at the, at the top of its game. Yep. And can I ask, is your starter to have a higher hydration or higher ratio of flour to water than most other starters? No, no, no the starter is itself, 100% no. 100% hydration. That's uh, so 50-50? Yep. 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 So for listeners, that's 50% flour, 50% water. Yep. Any special water? Uh, oh yeah, we oh, yeah, we, we, right. we we get our water straight from the Southwest Heritage area. Wilderness uh, yeah. area? Yeah. No, no, because it Via comes via the Hewinville uh, water treatment plant. <laughs> yeah, like so, we're using tap water. People yeah. go, oh, you can't use tap water. It's got to be tap water. Yeah. Oh, I know, but yeah. people say, oh, you can't use it because the chlorine or whatever in it will kill the. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, no. Oh. But if we were, if we were being, if we if we had a very cynical marketing executive in our business, we would definitely say or that. Or a marketing executive. Or, or any sort of marketing <laughs> person that was wasn't one of us. Yeah. That, and we have threatened to to say something very tongue-in-cheek that we do get our water from the southwest Tasmania World Heritage Area. Christine. Because <laughs> we do. Well, the Hewan River comes out of the southwest World Heritage Area. It's just there. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, what about flour? Are you using any special flour? Probably the most important thing with your flour is freshness. Your flour cannot be too fresh. And the quicker you use your flour, the better. So we get our flour from Tas Mills, Tasmanian flour mills who are in Launceston. Now, it's no particularly special wheat. It's, I imagine their wheat comes from the Australian wheat pool, which is grown in Western Australia and Western Victoria and Western New South Wales, and it just goes into the pool and it's blended to get the right protein levels. So that's our run-of-the-mill Flour. So we use a baker's flour, which is a it is a high protein flour. It's the same stuff that you buy in the supermarket. We just buy it in bigger bags. It's actually, really. isn't it the roses flour? In Tasmania, yeah. In in, in the um, Tasmanian flour mills um, market their consumer level stuff as roses flour, yeah. and for commercials, it's just called Tas Taste. So the roses flour you see in the supermarket yeah. here is fine. Yep. Yeah, oh yep. yeah, apparently yep. that's I've heard that that's a really good. Is it really? Good, oh, yep. yeah. it's good so we use we use a combination of baker's flour and their stone ground flour. And some plain flour. And a little bit of plain flour because yeah. we don't want them too. Yeah, you you just want to reduce the the protein level a little bit. Mm. Um, mm. and we've sort of tweaked that until we got the right protein level. So that's with our all our standard ones are just that. It's predominantly baker's flour with a little bit of plain flour and also stone ground flour. And the stone ground is gives this, it. Is this the crumpet or the starter? Both. Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. We, so um, is the is the crumpet the starter? Essentially. Essentially. Yeah, essentially. Right. The, Plus milk and, and sugar yeah. and salt. So you, you you basically pull aside a large amount of your starter, mm -hmm. and then you're adding. Sugar it's called salt. a police yeah. at that point. Yeah, we've just yeah. made it bigger. Yeah, then we add milk and sugar and salt. And how long are you leaving that starter for? Overnight. Oh, the the the, the, the second ferment is uh, overnight. Ferment. So you get your um, you get your your starter, and then you add more. You add your flour yep. and more water and yep. salt and sugar and water. Yep. And water, and then you're leaving that overnight. Yeah. Oh well, we have we now have a fermenting cupboard. Good on you. Yes. So you're leaving that to ferment. It's much yeah. better because much that was quicker? we were well, we were just at the whim of the vagaries of the weather. Yeah. You know. So the 
what so we're now what we have taken that which aspect. means you're controlling the temperature the humidity yeah. well, yeah. just the temperature just yeah. the temperature yeah, yeah. yeah. the humidity controls itself because we we ferment in 20 litre tubs with a lid so the humidity is what the humidity is it's more about controlling the temperature essentially we built our own prover retarder so um, your home baker won't have one of these but you'll see that commercial bakeries will have what they call a prover retarder which is essentially well it proves and it can retard so it warms and cools we got my dad to build us a giant cupboard a giant insulated, insulated cupboard, cupboard. <laughs> um, well it, it's not even that giant really but it's big enough and we started off over winter with that we just I went to a local Mitre 10 and bought a panel heater that normally goes on a bathroom wall. And then we went to the local home brew shop and bought a thermostat controller. And so we could we could raise the temperature and then we were relying on it being a Hue and Valley winter to drop the temperature when we needed to drop the temperature. That's fine um, in winter. July, August. You get to December, January, February, and it doesn't—you can't rely on the on the ambient temperature. So we then got in touch with a refrigeration mechanic who came, and we have got a commercial fridge unit on top of that machine now. And so it's got a chiller on the top and a heater at the bottom and a thermostat in the middle, and we can program that to run a regime of heating and chilling. And we played around with that until it worked, and that's what we use. So that's for your starter. That's that's for, for both. Yeah, for the dough as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we do the ferments in. Because yep. essentially, if we go back to what we were talking about in the beginning, is that that a lot of people will make crumpets out of sourdough discard. Essentially, what we're making is a giant starter slash polish or eleven, depending on what you want to call it. It's it's more of the name really changes depending on what you want to use it for. Yeah, I think so, it's a police for crumpets and the the really yeah. or, or a mother yeah. for someone else. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the mother and starter are essentially the same. That's the thing that sort yeah. of rolls on. Bulking it up. Yeah, but we, when, you, when you bulk it up. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if we've got How much starter do we make a week? A oh, hundred kilos. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy yeah. amount of stuff. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then when do you add those additional ingredients like? That's at the second ferment. Yep. So, so for instance, to give you an idea, we've we've held over starter over the weekend from our last cook on Saturday. We've held that over in the fridge. I went in this morning, and I've taken five kilos or whatever it was, and I've bulked that out now to. Uh, 38 or yeah. something, 38, oh, okay. 38 kilos. And then we'll go in tonight and we will then bulk that again with, the, that's when we put the flavourings in. No, so that's just basically a giant. That's just the starter. Just yeah, a that's giant. just the pollution. So it's yeah. five kilos to 38, mm -hmm. and the 38 is basically your dough now? Oh, no. no then, then we add more, more, flour add more to that. Yeah. yeah. More flour, water, milk, sugar, salt. Yeah, yeah, so that'll, that'll go up to about, a, that'll go to a, about 120 kilos okay. tonight. Yeah. 
And that's what we cook tomorrow. And that's got all the yeah. extra flavourings in yeah. there. Yeah, and then there'll yeah. be... Oh, some of the flavourings are added at, at the end. At, at the time at of the cooking, right but some are added the night before. And so tomorrow morning we'll have about five kilos left over of starter and I'll feed that up to about 36, 38 kilos. And then tomorrow afternoon we do the same that we'll then bulk that out again and that becomes Thursday's cook. And so you keep so. some aside before you add the other yeah. ingredients? Yep. Yeah. And that's yeah. your starter for the yeah. next lot. So yeah. five kilos, 38 kilos, and then yeah, from that 38 clean. kilos, you've, you're taking some out for the next. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah, and when do you add your bicarb then? Oh, uh, just before we cook. Okay, yeah. so you don't add eggs? No. 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 So you've got your separate buckets and you just add the bicarb and water? Uh, just the no. bicarb, right? Right. No, not, even, not bicarb in water, just no. bicarb. No, just bicarb no, no, no. because it's a fairly high hydration. And is that, does the the effect of the bicarb, is that limited? Like, do you then have to cook those crumpets yep. off? Yeah. yeah. Very That's quickly. why we Absolutely. do it yep. just as we cook. Okay. So we add that in and that, the bicarb, because that's an alkaline, will react with the acid that's been generated from the fermentation. So you've got an alkaline acid reaction that produces carbon dioxide, which adds to the carbon dioxide that also happens from the fermentation. So we've got a lacto. You've actually got a double. You've got double rising happening there. Yeah. It never actually occurred to me yeah. that crumpets are both yeah. yeast. Yes. So that's, and you've got yeah. your your bicarb. And that's yes, that's yeah, the yeah. difference on what what would have been recognisable as a crumpet in the. 1800s and up to the sort of 1870s or thereabouts, they were essentially a griddle cake, probably what people might understand as a griddle cake. They were still called crumpets or a word similar, which is an old Welsh word. The, the, the origins of the word crumpet are a bit vague, um, but they're, they're essentially a flatbread they, they're all their their origin is essentially a flatbread, a bit like most cultures have got some form of flatbread. But what makes them special is the little holes. In yes, yes, that's and right, that's exactly. Yeah. What the bicarb adding yes. the bicarb did that brought that it changed the nature of what we know as a crumpet. Wow. A long time ago, long time ago, and actually now the famous supermarket brand that we all know aren't yeasted. They're just risen. They've got water rising agents. Yeah, they've got a couple of other rising agents as well that yeah. I can't mm. remember off the top of my head. And they're just not comparable. They're like almost a, a different oh, yeah. category in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know? like once, once you taste yours, like you can't yeah. really go back to yeah. supermarket. Yeah. No, no, that's that's how we work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tell people when they come to the markets and they say, oh, which, what flavour do you think we should try? And they say, are oh, you local? Oh, yep, have the original because then once you're addicted to those, you'll come back and try all the others. <laughs> you yeah. know, whereas if they're only here for a short period of time and they're going home, then try be a bit more adventurous and try some of the other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to try the coconut ones next. They're lovely. Yeah, I yeah. Really I kept thinking them. they had coconut, uh, coconut in them. Yeah, I, don't know I know. That's going to work it's hard because we first, when we first had them, we called them vegan crumpets, and people were weird about that. <laughs> People it just means very, that they don't have any animal products in it. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, people get very, very different. There's some politics around. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't, you've got to be careful with plant-based as well because plant-based doesn't always mean it's vegan either, apparently. Oh, so, doesn't it? 
No. Megan told me that once. So Mm. you've got to be careful when they say plant-based because it's one of those maybe euphemism for vegan. So we use use plant-based now instead of vegan. So I thought it was like a Bible term almost. Plant-based equals vegan. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. I I could be wrong. Anyway, so yeah, so they've just got coconut milk. That's all. Mm. And it's only background. Lovely. And and if you really want them fresh, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, or yep. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The well, Saturday markets. Is Sunday. Sunday. Sunday markets. Sunday It's in that square. Um, it's um on Bathurst, Bathurst. Bathurst Street. Yeah, they close a section of street down. Anyway. I have been there, but not this not not this time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a fantastic market. It's a great market. And it's all about... Well, they they have a pretty strict categorisation there that if you can't eat it, drink it, or grow it, you can't sell it. So it's pretty simple. But farm out market is is all about food and booze, mm. food, booze, and plants. Well, thank you both for your time. What a fascinating journey to go on. What's um What's your favourite crumpet, Ali? I'm well at the moment. I'm bit in love with the multi-grain one but it's from the basic ones from our it's the coconut one yeah. i just like the texture and do, just, you, do you eat it with like butter and honey oh would i really i'm i'm not a big butter person you know i come i love yeah i come from a family of lots of cardiovascular issues so i have my coconut crumpet with tahini and banana and a bit of honey oh wow and a few pepitas sprinkled on the top and does the honey soak through yeah and so does the tahini it's lovely lovely and just they're such a fluffy crumpet they are our best behaved crumpet aren't Mm. they yeah and they're so big like you almost feel like i've cut them in half but then it's like no no it doesn't work yeah Yeah. makes the point of the crumpet you know they just fit in a modern toaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just fit in. Sometimes they don't fit in the bags all that well. The <laughs> no, sometimes bags. I'm like squishing them down to try and wrap yeah, well, them. I thought there was more than six because I thought that's so big. You know, is it really six? You wait to see the size of the muffins. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite can? It depends on what I want to do. Um, I do love the saffron ones with the poached egg. Oh. I do, but with butter. Yeah, yeah, butter oh, or he loves the butter, yeah, right? yeah. So you could do olive oil as well, couldn't you? You could, you could, um, and that does work really well. I've done them with really good butter and anchovies on them. That's sort Ooh. of as in an anchovy toast kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, yummy. Yeah, and it, it really, it really just depends on what I want. If I'm if I'm going for a, a quick afternoon, I want a quick afternoon snack, and I need a you know a bit of a you know, got that three o'clock. Lull, yeah. yeah. Um, coconut with with a bit of lemon curd is amazing. Oh. Yeah, coconut yeah. and lemon curd is great. Curd, the original, of course, just anything, yeah, anything. Um, but then and the new whole grain ones. I had whole grain ones this morning with scrambled eggs. Fantastic. Oh. I've got the saffron ones in my mind now. I'm gonna have to go for a drive. I think to. You to won't find that. those anywhere. Oh really? Yeah, only at Farmgate. Uh, and you're not there this no, weekend. No, not there this week. Following weekend. So. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, we literally make 17 or 18 packets of those a week, yeah. that's it. So get there that's early. It. Yeah. I quite like melted cheese on my crumpets. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. because the cheese melts down, you know. Oh, yeah, into, it goes into, into the holes. Like the holes. Yeah. And it's really, yeah. you get it crispy on top. Yeah. And you get this cheesy. This, yeah, this melted 
Thank you so much. Good luck with everything, and I just can't wait to see Crumpet on the mainland. Thanks. Maybe. Maybe. Thank you. Well, that was Cam and Ali Skeels and their story of the Hurunmi Crumpets, available only in Tasmania. Today's episode of Kitchen Radio is part of a new sub-series called Hungry in the Huon Valley. And it's a series of interviews with people doing interesting things with food or associated with food in southeastern Tasmania. You can listen to this episode again on the ACCC website, on my website at katoni.com.au or on your podcast app of choice. My name is Rita Katoni. Thanks for listening.